Hi, you're Julian on the Brown Note, and let's have a royal commission into privatization. In fact, let's do that globally. Let's look at what happens with privatization and what has actually physically happened over the last four decades of uh, economic neoliberalism and the privatization agenda. So I'm in the state of New South Wales in Australia, and we've got a state election coming up. We're the last bastion of right-wing governments in Australia basically the entire country will be Labour. The entire mainland of Australia will be Labour when Labour win, which I'm calling already, um, against Dominic Perrottet, who's uh, actually, <laughs> out of all of the Liberal people that we've had, the awful, awful leaders that we've had, the corrupt leaders the, like the Scott Morrisons at a federal level, and a hundred others, um, <laughs> she seems like a fairly decent bloke. And he doesn't like share responsibility like the others do, blaming everyone, throwing other people under buses. But Dominic Perrottet's been the treasurer of this government, and they've overseen the sale of public assets to their private sector mates uh, in the tune of ninety billion dollars, um, and that's probably over the last ten years. Um, Chris Minns, the Labour leader that will likely win the election, has done a genius move for me, which is to go after privatisation and to name it. There are so many things on the nose with the public right now with regards to what the Liberal Party have done, who are the uh, right-wing government here, the Tories of Australia. I've always said that these governments exist for one thing only. When we democratise the world, the rich people that dominated everything needed a party to represent their interests and that's all they do. The only reason that the Liberal Party in Australia exists is to transfer wealth to the wealthy, to people that already have it. And if that's tax breaks, that's one way. The other way which they're really, really good at is to let the public build infrastructure and then sell it to their mates for a dollar who then rent it back to us. And that is the crux of privatisation, that the public taxpayer will pay for a very prominent infrastructure project and then it will get sold off to private enterprise for a song. Private enterprise will run it into the ground and then come cap in hand back to the taxpayer saying, we've got all these contracts that guarantee us X profits and we're not getting them, so pay us. Privatisation for me is the embodiment of economic neoliberalism. It emerged under Margaret Thatcher. I lived in London when Margaret Thatcher was elected in 1979. Her and Murdoch promoted this ideal that the government services were horrendous at running things and the private sector was this sleek, incredibly... Um, you know, accurate and uh, waste-free um, realm of people. Um, we've subsequently seen numerous financial meltdowns, such as the global financial crisis, which has happened in miniature versions probably 20 or 30 times over the last four decades, that show that private enterprise isn't quite so good at running things as we were led to believe. The other part of privatisation is right-wing governments come in and they deliberately underfund services. 
So Thatcher massively underfunded things like the rail service or the healthcare or education. And then they turn around and say, look how badly it's being run by the government. Let's sell it to the private sector. They'll come in with squeaky clean, flying beds in your hospital. Everything will work and sell them off to the private sector buddies. They claim everything will be run better under private enterprise because private enterprise runs things better. There's brilliant articles you can read online that prove historically that that isn't actually true. Um, the idea of largesse in the public sector and not the private, when we look at the increase in CEO salaries multiple times over the last 20 years uh, and the impact that has uh, and the hoarding of wealth by the very top of the triangle of wealth um, hasn't shown that to be the case, uh, particularly their trickle-down economics, which is that the private sector will come in, run everything so well, we'll all get more money. Not many people must be left on earth that believe that, but they have taught us, Murdoch and Thatcher and John Howard and all their ilk and Reagan taught us to hate unions, to hate the public sector, to think that they're all wasteful, the private sector is sleek and efficient, and none of that's true. And people fell for it, but it's a complete lie. Um, and one of the biggest ones in the UK was Thatcher privatising the rail network. If you look at the trains over the last 30 years in the UK, no one is going to tell you that they've been run better as a private enterprise or that it's been cheaper for the taxpayer. All of it's a lie. Um, once you introduce a profit motive into any scenario, it's not going to be run more efficiently. The profit motive needs to grow and grow and grow. They seem to think that the better people are going to be inspired to join their private enterprise world and therefore we need to keep increasing the profit margin. Now, you have to be really dumb to believe that that is not self-serving for the rich. And one thing that happens is they will run essential services into the ground. Look at the Sydney ferries, look at the bus networks. They run essential services into the ground and then they go back to the taxpayer and say, we need a lot more money from you. And they underbid everything. They underbid so much. They say it's going to cost us this. And then it doesn't. It costs three times as much and takes twice as long. The ultimate goal, of course, in the UK and in Australia is healthcare and education. America's done very, very well on that score um, as far as privatising the whole lot. Um, Nixon came in and pretty much, you know, had an opportunity to have a much more sort of national healthcare system and deliberately chose the private option and now you've got the world's most expensive and inefficient healthcare system. Um, and that's the holy grail of all privatisers that lobby governments and they lobby so hard in America. I mean, the lobbyists over the war in Ukraine transferring taxpayer dollars into the defence industry pockets and pretending that they're liberating the people of Ukraine. It's just one in a hundred. They spend all their lives lobbying to get hold of public money. Sydney builds a road, gives it to someone. The taxpayers pay for the road. They give it to a private company to slip tolls. Sydney, I think, now has the most toll roads of any major city on earth. You can barely drive anywhere without being told for it. And they always tell you that it's going to last for the duration of the cost of the road. And then in 20 years' time, they'll say, yeah, but we use this money to build more roads. 
Well, you use it to build more toll roads. <laughs> um, they've sold everything that they can get their hands on in New South Wales. They have been relentless. And Gladys Berejiklian, you know, she was saying, we're not going to privatise anything. You can trust us. Never, ever trust them. She carried on privatising like crazy. And one thing they do when they know that they're close to getting kicked out of office is they'll rampantly up the privatisation. Because these are their future jobs. This is where the Liberal Party intends to go and work afterwards in the, comp in the areas where they've privatised. So I think we should have a Royal Commission into privatisation with a number of factors. Let's examine the bidding process. How transparent was it? How accurate was it? How truthful was the whole bidding process? Unseal all of the documents. Let's see what happened when there was a bidding process. Did one private sector connection with someone in government actually get a lockdown? Like James Pack's casino, where the whole thing was under wraps and didn't that go well? But who was involved in the bidding process? How transparent was it? How open was it? Let's have a look at that. Secondly, let's have a look at the value. Let's have a look at the fair value for the taxpayer on something they built up, whether it is, you know, a, a, the power museum or somewhere that used to be owned by the taxpayer, but the liberals want to transfer into private hands because we don't have the money. What was the value that we got? What did they pay? And what should it have been worth? Reflectively, what, what should it have been worth? Thirdly, let's have a look at the bidding cost. One thing that happens with government contracts is they accept who they want to, to bid for something. They bid X amount and then they go, oh, actually it's going to cost twice as much. Now that shouldn't happen, but it happens almost every time. Now you're telling me that they can't work that stuff out with people being paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to specifically work that out, that there's no possibility they can and 150% overrun is the norm and there's nothing anyone can do about it. Let's have a look at the budget overruns. Four, what did we actually get from this privatization? Did the taxpayer benefit financially or lose financially? What are the actual figures? If it has remained in public hands versus it being in private hands. Fifth. One, two, three, four, five. Fifth. Is the service run better? We were promised it would be run better in private hands. Let's compare. Is it run better now or is it run worse? What are the actual specifics on how badly or worse it's run? Is it run cheaper for the taxpayer? Who benefited most out of the deal? How much did they benefit? How many people in government offices that promoted a privatised industry or area ended up working in it afterwards? Let's have a Royal Commission into that. Let's see, because we never talk about it. We privatise all these assets. The costs are in the billions. No one ever goes back and says, actually, what happened? How much did it cost? Did we benefit? Who benefited? Who's working for those companies now? 
Why not? This is billions and billions of dollars that the New South Wales Liberals have sold off $90 billion worth of assets. Let's go through all of them with a fine tooth comb because privatization is one of the great cons of economic neoliberalism. And Chris Minns, well done for focusing on it in this campaign. Um, so let's find out what's been going on.